Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. See, everybody can ask. Some will seek, but it's only going to be a very few that actually will knock. See, knocking, knocking is that knocking is that last level that you know. We a lot of us we stay in that asking part, and and we find with that, and we just we talk to God and we ask Him for stuff, then we get up and leave and go on about our business. But then some of us realize I, I, I need a little bit more. I'm seeking more from God, so we stay a little longer in the communication with God, and we seeking Him for some things. We seek Him because we don't know fully His will. We know that we stepped out the boat on faith. We know that we're doing things in faith, but it's like God, I don't. I don't I'm trying to. Walk by faith and not by sight. So I got to seek you so that I can have eyes to see this thing. Amen. But now we're going to knock. We're going to knock, which is which is persisting. Yes. Persisting. I heard somebody say something about that this morning about, about persisting. And, and, and you got to have persistence. Because how many know that it ain't going to always look pretty? How many know it ain't gonna always look right, but you gotta you gotta persist anyway. Amen. Just like this morning we came in, it was only it was only me and my wife and son and the two two people we came with, and it was like, well, guess what? We gotta persist anyway. My wife said, you wanna switch up? I said, no, I gotta do it just like the house is full. Amen. Because you gotta persist past what you see. See, because that's what the enemy will do. The enemy say, okay, he asked. Okay, everybody asked. But now, okay, they, they started seeking, they looking, but now they've come up on this what? Closed door. And see, most of us, once we see that closed door, we do what? We turn around and walk away. But sometimes you got to persist past that closed door, and that's where the knocking comes in. That's where the, that's where the persistent comes in. See, because you know God's will, you, you're walking in faith to this thing, but your answer hadn't come yet. Your answer hadn't showed up yet. You, you praying for you praying for peace, or you praying for financial breakthrough, or you praying for 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 restoration in relationships. But yet, when you pray for peace, all hell breaks loose in your life. When you pray for financial breakthrough, you lose your job. When you pray for restoration in relationship, your mama cuts you out and puts you out. See, see that. Now, now you've got to test your persistence. Are you going to believe what God said in the beginning? Are the same vigor that you believe God with, is that going to be the same vigor that now you start to knock with? See, it's easy to believe when everything is pretty and everything is lined up. You got all the money. You, your family's all together. You got a peace of mind. Oh, I believe God. I'm standing on the word of God. I love God. God is the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. I'm blessed and highly favored. But now when all hell done broke loose, are you the same person? Will that persistence be there? See, this level right here, this third level, 
See, this is what separates the men from the boys, the, the girls from the women. This, this level separates the thing. It lets you know if you're serious about this or not. See, because when you walk up to that door and all you see is locks and, and gates and bars and, and all that, you walk up to the door of your promise and, and you say, am I supposed to be here? Is this where I'm supposed to get into? And when you walk up to that and you walk away, that lets you know you might have not been as serious about it as you thought you were. See, we pray on this level when we feel certain we know the will of God, but we still haven't seen the fruit. See, we keep on asking, seeking, and knocking, and hold on to the promise. That's the key. Hold on to the promise. The word of God says, cast not away your confidence. But see, your confidence has to be there in spite of. See, that's what people don't realize. The asking is easy. Asking for something is easy. It don't take no, It really don't even take faith to ask. If, if you really want to look at it, it really does not even take faith to ask. You can ask anything you want. Don't mean you're going to get it. You can ask any way you want. Doesn't mean you're asking the right way, but it takes absolutely no faith to ask God for anything. You can ask God for anything. It doesn't take any faith in that. But now, when you get ready to seek God, when you say, I'm walking after you, I'm, I'm trying to connect to you, that, that, that takes a little level of faith. That takes some stirring up. But now the knocking, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level because knocking says, I know something is on the other side. I can't see it. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. See, knocking is not going to soothe your flesh. Knocking is not going to soothe your emotions because what's on the other side of that closed door, you can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. You might not even be able to comprehend it. All you know is that the promise is on the other side. You don't even know what the promise is. You just know that God says it's on the other side. So you come into the door willing to do what? Knock. Amen? Turn to um, Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 11. Let's look at something right here. Let's, let's look at some persistence. Because that's, that's the level God wants us to be at. And, and I like how Kira talked about that, that tolerance. And to me, that's a cuss word these days. I don't like that word either. Because tolerance means I got to put up with your mess. Tolerance means that I got to put up with your junk. And, and even worse than that, not only do I got to put up your, with, with your mess and your junk, but I don't even have a right to say what I feel about it. I just got to tolerate it. That, the devil is a lie. God says, no, we're going to be persistent in these days in the things of God. You're going to stand on what God says persistently with, with vigor, with, with energy, with, with, with long-suffering. God, I'm going to stand on this word no matter what comes against me, no matter who comes against me, because I know at the end of the day, the truth shall never, ever fall down. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 11, and starting at uh, verse, verse 5. Luke chapter 11, verse 5, then it says, Jesus is talking again here, and he says, then he said to them, suppose one of you have a has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, leave me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. 
I cannot get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Because of his persistence. What this story is saying right here is basically saying that that it's, it, Jesus is giving a little parable here and he's saying that there's a, there's a person who's come to the to this house and he's saying, I, I need some bread because I got some people who, who have come unexpectedly to my house and, and I need to feed them. But the person in the house is saying, don't bother me with all that. that I don't have time for all that right now. Everything is shut down. The door is closed. My, my family is asleep. Everything is, is put away. I can't get up and give you anything. But then I like verse 8. And 8 we know is the number of new beginning. Catch that. It says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. See, I like that right there. He said he won't get up and get it, give it to him because he's his friend. Catch that. See, it says we are a friend of God. That's what we heard in the song, right? But Jesus is saying, he going to get up to give you something just because he's your friend. Just because you come to church, just because you reach a bylaw once in a while and you fast every once in a while, and you, you know, you think they're getting brownie points and, and Jesus is my friend and Jesus is my homeboy and I can go and get anything. No, he says he ain't going to give it to you just because he's your friend. He says, yet because of his persistence will he get up. See, some things of God, we got to persist. We got to keep going, meaning we got to push through because it's all just a test. God is saying, I really want to see if you're going to love me regardless of it. I want to see if you're going to love me even if I don't look like your friend. Because, see, I'm not getting up right now in the middle of the night to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to be just like Jesus told his mom. He said, now is not my time. When she said, they ran out of wine, what are we going to do? He said, it ain't my time right now. You know, just because you my mama don't mean nothing. But but will you persist? Will you persist? And she persisted because she went away from Jesus. She told the people, she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. See, that's persistence. He he rejected me look like I, I, I came back with no wine. I don't have anything to show for my time with Jesus. But whatever he say do, do it. Because I do know Jesus. I know in the end of the day, he said it's not his time yet. What did that mean? That means that eventually it's going to be his time. It's just not yet. Yet means it's soon to come. Yet means it ain't here now. But if I just keep on what? Persisting, the yet becomes now. Amen. 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 Persistence. Jesus, just because he's your friend, don't mean that you're going to get everything you want. He says that it's persistence he will get up. And then he says, not only will he give up, get up, but then he will do what? Give him as much as he need. How many of us need as much as we need? How many of us need as much as we need? Well, guess what? The key to that is persistence. The only, the only place that, that success comes before work is in the dictionary. Because S comes before W. Amen. If, if you want the success, even in God, it's going to take work. Now, I'm not saying that you got to do all these works 
of the flesh to try to get brownie points with God. But what I'm saying is, it's going to take work of getting rid of the flesh. It's going to take work of repenting and changing your mind. It's going to take work of sacrificing some of your desires and wills to see what God's will is. Amen. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some persistence. That's what we got to see in this knocking level. God is saying the door is right there. The door is here, but you got to knock. See, for the, for the most part, most of us will not just go up to any door and start knocking. Amen? The only reason you came up to this door is why? Because you know somebody on the other side. Or you know something is on the other side. So when you go to somebody's house, I mean, you, you know, you ring the doorbell, they don't answer, then you, you know, you might start knocking. But that's because you know somebody on the other side. Amen? But see, here's what the enemy wants. I, I want you to really catch this. I really want you to catch this part. The reason why Jesus used the knocking at the door. Knocking at the door. He said knock. Even though he didn't say door, but he's saying knock. And it shall be open. So we got to assume that he's talking about a door. But that's just an assumption. Because open. What will be open when you knock? See, a door is what? A door is a portal. A door is an access. A door is a way in. See, what's on the other side of the door, you can't get to standing on this side. What's on the other side of the door, you can't have standing on this side. And sometimes you got to knock to get the access. You got to knock to find your way. See, the door is just there just to say, I'm going to hold back access to some people. Because everything that's on this side of the door, everybody don't need to have. Everybody can't understand it. Everybody can't deal with it. So I got to put up a door because I want to hold back access for, from some people. I only want the people with the shameless persistence. I only want the people who going to keep walking in spite of. I want the people who come, even though they walk up to the door and they see 50 locks on the door, looking like a New York City door. We got 50 locks and a bar across it. I want the people who ready to knock and knock and knock. They going to persist. They going to shamelessly persist. God, I know what your word said, and I'm going to keep knocking no matter what you say. God, you said that in your word, by your stripes, I am healed. I don't I don't care how sick I am right now. Like I was doing, I don't even care how much they hooked me up to this chemo machine. I don't care how much is flowing through my body right now. I'm going to keep knocking on the door of your healing because I want access to what's on the other side. I don't care what door the enemy puts up. He can put up the door of cancer. He can put up the door of chemo and all the other drugs. But I'm going to keep knocking because I know what's on the other side is healing. And I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what you know, what I know, because that's my story. I had to keep knocking on that door of healing. I had to keep on knocking, no matter what door came up. I, I, I told a story the other day to, to uh, Brother Simeon that the doctor had came back after I had the surgery. He said, well, he said, well, your, your, your numbers aren't coming down low enough. So we might have to do some more radiation or, or, or I mean, might do radiation and some chemo and possibly even another surgery. Take out all your lymph nodes. And how many know that's a door? That's a door. 
Because now you're saying that I might potentially have another reoccurrence of cancer. I might have to go through chemo again. I might even have to get radiation. I might even have to have surgery, another surgery. Those are all doors. Everywhere you turn, you're seeing doors. But see, that's what the enemy will come in and do. Because now the same word, he's testing that word. He's saying he don't believe it like he, he say he do, God. Let me have that. Let me do him like, like I did Joel. I want to see if he really believes. Yeah, he said it while everything was looking good. But now I want to put up all these doors. Yeah, what are you going to say now? Is he going to stand on your word? Keep on knocking. Because when the doctor said that, I said, I'm not having any more. I'm not having radiation. I'm not doing any more chemo. See, I'm already unlocking the doors. Mm -hmm. I'm unlocking the doors, but I'm unlocking it from here using the word of God. Because I already knew in my mind, God said that by my by his stripes I am healed. God said that the diseases of the Egyptians shall not fall upon his people. God said in his word that God said in his word that, that he wished that my soul shall prosper and, and, I, and my body shall be in hell. And then God said in his word that his word is like healing to your bone. So I'm taking your word in, God. So you got to stand on his word. Here are the keys. I'm unlocking. I'm knocking and I'm unlocking. I'm knocking and I'm unlocking. So I tell the doctor, I'm not doing no more of that. He says, well, you, you know what? I don't know what you're saying, but but if your numbers don't come down, this is what's going to happen. Another door up again. He just keep on persisting. See, the enemy going to persist, so why don't we persist? The enemy going to keep on trying to come at you. And I'm not saying the doctor was an enemy because he was, he was a good doctor. But I'm just saying what the enemy will try to put in your mind. Because now he wants you to start meditating on that seed. So you are, you're going to grow two seeds. The seed of doubt or the seed of faith. They both going to grow in the same place. Call your mind. But it's up to you which one grows. So he kept on saying, you're going to have to do this. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not. He said, well, let's see. The next time you come to your the next time you come to your visit, then we'll see what your numbers are. And if your numbers are blah, 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 whatever, then we're going to set up everything that you got to do. We're going to plan out your course. I said, okay. And I said, okay, for a reason, because I knew what I knew that I knew. <laughs> Amen. I knew the word of God, and I knew that I already had been through the process that God had said I had to go through. So me and him straight. My process is over. I have asked God. I have seeked. And now I'm just ready to knock so that I can gain access to the complete healing. So long story short, I come to the doctor the next time. He, they, they take the blood and this, that, and the other. He comes into the room. And usually when he comes into the room, he has a piece of paper with, with my chart numbers on there. And he walks into the room, and he don't have anything in his hand. And he said, how you doing? They doing a little small talk. I'm fine, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. So he comes out, and he says something about my my own. My, my potassium level or something, another little door. You know, he's like, you need to, oh, and then he said something about my weight. I know I need to lose weight. He said, yeah, exercising. Yeah, I know. That's another little door. Matter of fact, that might be a little window. I just need to slide through. Amen. Amen. But I asked him, I said, well, where's my charts with my numbers? Because now I know I'm standing at the door. Amen. And, and, and I can hear my promise on the other side. 
That's what you got to see. You got to be able to hear when you can't hear. You got to be able to see when you can't see. You got to know what God said. No matter what somebody else say, I'm not saying you're not feeling good. I'm not saying that you're not. It ain't a, it ain't a, a, a new age thinking where you just pretend that you're not sick. It's just that you know better something else that's greater. Amen? Yeah, you got a headache. Yeah, I had cancer. I never denied that, but I knew that I couldn't deny the power of God either. Amen? Amen. And so he said, well, I didn't print out uh, the uh, charts this week because your numbers didn't register. I said, what are you talking about? He said, they didn't register. I said, what you mean? He says, they um, didn't register, so it appears that it's all gone. He said, so instead of radiation and chemo and surgery, we're just going to put you on monitoring. You just come back every six months and get a little CAT scan and blood work. Door open. Access to healing. Amen. But see, it takes persistence. Sometimes you got to stand in the gap even though other people are saying otherwise. Because see, that day when he was saying all that about the, the new stuff, I could have took that and ran with it. But I said, no, I'm not. And I told him, I said, I'm healed already. He said, well, your numbers don't say so. I said, but I know one that does say I am. And a nurse that was in the room, she was this little German lady and and she looked at me and started smiling because me and her had talked previously and, and I knew she was a Christian. So when the doctor left out, she says, if you believe, I believe. Well, when two or more gathered, what? Boom. The healing was right there in the room where he was saying the door is up. Amen? Persistence. That's what I'm really telling the story about is because you got to persist with your petition. You got to keep on going. You got to say, God, your word said. God, you said. God, this is what it said. This is what I'm standing on. See, when you bring God's word back to him, what can he not do but his word? He says, my word shall not return to me void. See, when you start speaking the word of God and you praying the word of God on your situation, God got to do it because he, he, he don't know if he the one who's saying it or not because the word of God sounds like the word of God. He don't care what the voice sounds like. He just know that that's my word. He said, I don't know if Jesus said it. I don't know if the angel said it. I don't know if I said it. I just know it's got to be done because it can't come back to me not done. It's got to go out and do all that it's sent to do. So somebody sent it so something got to be done. Amen? Amen. Persisting. Persisting. Turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to the next level. Amen? See, we can't just keep on talking about breakthrough, but then when we get to where the point is about to break, we turn around. We break down instead of breaking through. See, persistence takes you from breaking down to breaking through. John chapter 10. I hope we're getting to this next level because... It's imperative that, that we start walking and standing fully on this word. In this day and time where we have all this word, all this knowledge, you can turn on 24 hours a day and get the word of God. But yet and still it seems like we're lacking in so much of the power of that word. And when you scale everything down about God, he's love and grace and mercy and and, and patience and endurance and all this kind of stuff. But if you had to scale the whole Bible down to one thing, that one thing becomes what? Jesus. The word that is living. The word that is dwelling not only among us, but also in us. 
The word of God is the power. Amen. The word of God is what you persist on. See, that's when I know somebody don't fully have the word of God. Because they don't persist. They don't persist in spite of. Because how many know you're going to have to do a lot of things in spite of? You're going to have to do it in spite of what your mama said, in spite of what your job said, in spite of what your body's saying, in spite of what your mind's saying, in spite of what you saying to yourself. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. The enemy that's in me. Sometimes you got to turn and you got to speak to that thing. You got to get in the mirror and say, today you ain't going to be my downfall. Today I'm not going to listen to what what you say. I mean, if you ain't talking good, and this you talking to yourself. If you ain't talking the way God's wanting you to talk, then I'm going to have your mouth shut all day. I'm going to capture all the thoughts. I'm not even going to deal with you today, Antonio. I ain't got time to deal with you today. I want to deal with only the things of God. If you ain't got nothing better to say, then I want you to shut up today, Antonio. And that's what you got to do sometimes. Because sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So in John chapter 10, verse 7, it says right here, Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you. And see, when you say truly, truly, that means I'm telling you the truth. That means you need to get it. He said, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. See, the word is the door. See, we, 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 we knocking on the wrong thing. See, a lot of us knock on doors that are closed and, and, and God locked them for a purpose. God don't want you accessing that portal. God don't want you going through to the other side. So we go around knocking on every door that's closed. You know, this person say, well, you, you, you know, you can't do this. So we keep on knocking. We keep on knocking. But God was really trying to keep you away from that person because they was going to run game on you. But we keep on knocking anyway because we look at that as that's being persistence. No, he's showing you what you need to keep knocking on. If you keep knocking on the door, which is Christ, which we know is the word of God, then guess what? He'll open up all the things that need to be open, and he definitely will shut all the things that need to be shut. Amen? Amen. He says, I am the door of the sheep. We the sheep, unless you will go. Amen? <laughs> In verse 8, he says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. So what is he saying? All the, all the doors that you've seen beforehand was thieves and robbers. They was, those doors might have been there to rob from you, to steal from you, to take from you. But God says, no, I'm the, I'm the true door. He says in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Amen. And then in verse 10, Here's the famous part. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God says, you got to knock on the door. You got to knock on the door of his word. You got to persistently knock. God, give me more of that. Give me more understanding. Give me more revelation. See, even when, when God came to Solomon, and he said, what is it that you want out of all things that you can have? The first thing he said was, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. And wisdom, the, the beginning of all wisdom is what? The fear of God. See, a lot of people look at Solomon saying that, that well, he just chose wisdom. 
and he just wanted to be smart. He just wanted to be able to pass all the tests and, and, and treat people and, and learn and know everything. No, he said, I want wisdom because I know the true wisdom is what? The fear of God. True wisdom is knowing that God is all powerful. True wisdom is knowing that no matter what, God is still going to be God. In spite of all my circumstances, God is still going to be God. True wisdom is saying that no matter what I'm going through, God is going to bring me through. True wisdom is saying I know the power of God, that greater is in me than that is in the world. That's what true wisdom is because you know and fear and have respect for the power of God. Amen. And now you're able to go through the door. But you got to be diligent. You got to be very diligent. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. And we got this here. Let me make sure I'm in the right one. Hebrews. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 6. And give me a, a verse. Hebrews chapter 6 and, and verse 10. And it says, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work. See, your persistence. He's not going to forget your persistence. And the love which you have shown toward his name. And having ministered and is still ministering to the saints. Verse 11, he says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. So as to realize the full assurance of hope. Until the end. And in verse 12 it says, So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. What is all that saying? He said it right there. He says, I need you to have the same diligence so that the full assurance of the, of the hope, so that you can get that at the end. He said, but you got to be diligent. You got to be persistent. God is not unjust. He's not going to forget your work. It says in James 1, he says, faith without works is dead. Again, it's not the works of the flesh. It's not to give brownie points from God, but it's the works to say, I believe in what you're saying, God. See, when God came to Lazarus' grave and he said, everybody saying, oh, he's dead. I don't know what to do and this, that, and the other. The first thing Jesus said, roll away the rock. Amen. Here's God of God, the most high, the light. He is life and resurrection. But he's telling the mere mortal person to roll away the rock. Why did he just snap his finger and the rock disappear? No, he said, you got some work to do. He says, because in your rolling away the rock, you showing your faith in me to resurrect. Amen. That's the work. God, I'm going to do my part because I know that you're going to do your part. Just like uh, uh, Kira alluded to today, that one, one plants another water, and it's going to be God to provide the increase. But you can't get increase if you don't want to plant and if you don't want to water. Then don't expect no increase. We got to do our part. Then God says, I'm not unjust. I will provide the increase. Amen? He says that you got to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. 
Do you want to inherit your promise? Do you want to inherit what God has given to you? See, we're not servants of God. We're children of God. So that means we have an inheritance. That means we have a promise. You might have came in as a servant, but somewhere there was a transformation, and God says, you are now my child. You are a child of God. So that gives you right and inheritance. And then if you keep going to the next levels, he'll say, now you're even not only a child, but you are a son of God. So now you all that... All that I have is yours. That's why the prodigal son, he knew something that the son who stayed home didn't. He said, I'm in my father's house. All of this stuff is mine. So daddy, give it to me. Now, he was, he was, he, he, once he got it, he lost his mind. You know, and that's what some of us do. But he knew more than the other son. The other son was mad. He's sitting out in the father's house and not getting what's really his. So how many of us going to sit with God, sit and walk with God, proclaim and confess God, but then we don't get what's rightfully ours. We'll sell our birthrights away just like Esau. We'll sell our birthright away for something that satisfies our flesh. And then we wonder why we fall down at the door. Right at the door of breakthrough. God is saying you right there at the door. You right at the door of breakthrough. All you got to do is just start knocking. Knocking lets that person on the other side know what? That you want to come in. That you want to come in. And we're not thieves and robbers. We don't have to kick it in. And why you say you ain't got to kick, all you got to do is knock. Knocking lets me know you over there. Knocking lets me know that you ready to come in. Knocking lets me know that you ready to get what's on the other side of the door. But you can't be weary. It says what in the word? Be weary, but faint not. Be weary, but faint not. We got to keep on persisting. Turn lastly right here to Ephesians chapter 6. Everybody should know this little part. Ephesians chapter 6. But Paul had it. He knew. Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 13. Well, now actually, you know what? I'm going to start at 10. I'm going to start at 10. We're going we to close out and finish it, finish it strong with this. The arm of God. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of your might. That ain't what it said, is it? <laughs> Do you got to be strong in your might? Do you got... So then we can almost equate that I don't even have to persist in my might. <laughs> do, do you catch that? See, we don't even have to persist in our might. God will even help us to persist. Guess what? All he needs to know is that you want to persist. Mm -hmm. That's the fruit of the spirit. Patience, long-suffering, and don't... God giving us all of it. He said, just eat the fruit. I'm going to help you. You just got to want to do it. Amen? He said, strength of his might. Then he said, now this is what you got to do. This is this, this your part. This is to let him know that you want to persist. Put on the full armor of God. See, put on means implying that you ain't got it on right now. Mm -hmm. that, that also implies that you might need to take some stuff off. So you can't put on a whole bunch of clothes and you already got a whole bunch of clothes on. Amen. I know they call that layering and everything, but, but you can't layer in the summertime. You can't layer when it's hot. And right now you got to believe that it's hot right now. We in warfare. You can't layer. So he says, put on the full armor of God. Why? 
so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of those doors of illusion. They putting up them doors. Why? Because all the struggle is not against flesh and blood. See, it ain't about what you going through. It ain't about your emotions. It ain't about what you feeling like. It ain't about what they saying. But it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness. See, the enemy wants you to keep you in darkness. The enemy wants you to stay outside the door. See, remember the story we just read? He came at night knocking on the door. See, the enemy wants you to stay outside at night. He wants you to stay in darkness. Why? Because that's his domain. See, if he can keep you in his domain, then guess what? Like my granddad used to say, don't let nobody beat you up at your house. <laughs> And somebody beat you up at your house, Lord have mercy. You there's something wrong. You supposed to know where all the weapons and everything is. So the enemy wants you to stay in his house. He wants you to stay in the darkness. That's why God says in the word, I brought you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Well, how do you do that? You knock on the door of the word, and he opens the door, and now you walk into what? The light. And then it says, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. See, we 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 the persistence gotta fight through that thing. But because it's wickedness in heavenly places, what God is already taking care of it. Because doesn't His word say, whatever we bind in heaven and bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. So bind up those doors, bind up that wicked schemes of the enemy, bind up all those crazy thoughts, and loose the Holy Spirit, loose the power of God over your life. Amen? Amen. Then in verse 13, right here, he said, we said, do all this stuff. And then it says what? Therefore. What is all that stuff there for? To take up the full armor of God so that you will stand, so that you will be able to resist, resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm. Having done everything to stand firm. Then in verse 14, it says, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. See, you gird your loins with truth because your loins is where you reproduce. That's where your reproductive organs are. So he's saying, I want you to reproduce truth. I don't want you to reproduce those lies. If you're going to have to go and gossip instead of saying the gospel, then don't be reproducing nothing. I want you to reproduce truth. Then he says, having to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers your heart. God says, I want you to come and have a right heart. I want to, remember we said, you don't get some things you ask for because he knows your motive. He knows your heart. God says, I want you to cover your heart with my righteousness so that it can be protected. And then he says in 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, he's saying, when you get ready to walk, walk my word. He says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered. Amen. So put your put the word on your feet so that you can walk this thing right. Because Christ says, I am the way, the light and the truth. The way is the way that you should go. Amen. Amen. And then he says right here, in addition to, see, in addition to, see, you ain't fully dressed yet just cause, just cause you speaking the truth and just cause you got your heart right and just cause you walking in the word. You, you ain't fully complete. He says, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith 
with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. See, the shield of faith is to block that those arrows of the enemy. The, the what's the arrows of the enemy? Those doubts that come into your head. See the arrow. See, I had to hold in that shield of faith to the doctor. You gonna have more radiation? Bam! No, I ain't. You gonna have more chemo? No, I ain't. See, it's not that we don't have a, it's not that we have a faith problem. We have a doubt problem. See, the faith is already down. We connected to faith when we connected to God because Christ is the faith. So we don't have a lack of faith problem. We just got too much of a doubt problem. So we're not holding up the shield of faith. And then that shield also not only is a defensive weapon, but it's also an offensive weapon. You hit somebody with the shield. You hit back at that chemo. You hit back at the radiation. You hit back at what they saying. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. Because the enemy going to do his. Because he said flaming arrows. He didn't say one. It said arrows. So you got to get ready for the onslaught. Amen? And then finally in 17, it says and take the helmet of salvation. See, these are the things you got to persist in. You got to leave out the house dressed. Like American Express commercials used to say back in the day, don't leave home without it. Don't leave home without these things. You got to persist in these things because the enemy is going to persist in what he's doing. See, we get mad at the devil, but he's doing his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Say so he go to and fro, seeking whom he's going to devour. He's seeking, why not we? Amen. He's knocking stuff over and knocking things down. Why not us? Amen. Then in 17 it says, and take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. The helmet of salvation. Put that helmet of salvation, knowing that no matter what you have done, no matter what you've been through, that God has already gave his only begotten son so that you may have eternal life, so that you can have a right mind. He says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And that sound mind should be protected by knowing the salvation that I have given you. Because with that salvation comes my grace and comes my mercy. And that's why I told Paul as I'm telling you that my grace is sufficient for you. It's enough for you to do all that you need to have done. Amen? Amen. And then he says the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That's your attack weapon. Now I'm giving you something to attack back with. You, know, you don't use a sword as a defense. You use a sword as offense. You go after the enemy. It says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and what? The violence taken by force. Force is a persistent thing. Force will keep going until something gets in the way to stop it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, not Isaac Newton, but Einstein says that the that, that, that force will continue until something gets in the way to block it. I'm paraphrasing that, but all I'm saying is once you get the rolling, can't nothing stop you but you. Because some things you can roll right over. Amen. And then lastly in 18 it says, with all prayer. See, we come in full circle. With all prayer and petition, remember asking is presenting a petition, seeking is pressing a petition, and knocking is what? Persisting on the petition. So with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. There it is right there. He says that all times pray in the spirit. 
Now, what is that saying right there? That's not mean you're going around speaking in tongues all day long. Nobody really is going to understand what you're saying. What he's saying is praying in the Spirit. He's saying, be at one with the Spirit. Let the Spirit be in you and you in the Spirit. Just like Christ said, I am the vine, and those that abide in me and I in them shall do what? Produce fruit. So that's what he's saying, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit is what? He just told you, he said it right there. He said that the that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So if we're to pray in the spirit, what is praying in the spirit? Pray in the word of God. See, but a lot of people say, we just pray in tongues. No, there's nothing wrong with praying in tongues. That's power in that. But he's saying pray in the word. Pray the word. See, when you pray that word back to God, when you when you, when you ask God according to his word, and when you seek God according to his word, and then you knocking for God according to his word, God cannot do anything but do what? Respond to his word. He said it right there in Matthew at the very beginning. He said, those of you who are evil. He said, you ain't going to give your child a, a stone when he asks for, for some bread. You're not going to give him a snake when he asks for a fish. So what you think I'm going to do? God. The most high, the one who loves you, I gave my only son for you. If you ask, seek, and knock, if you just go to the levels I'm trying to get you to, then guess what? I'm not unjust. If I said it, I got to do it. I'm not a man that I should lie. If I promised it, guess what? It's got to come to pass. It's not a matter of if. It just may only be a matter of when, and that's where we lose the game at. Is in the when. Because seed time harvest. We already got the seed of the promise. Therefore, the harvest is already connected. But we lose in that, 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 that gap called time. Because that time takes persistence. That time takes persistence. It takes persistence.